Hello and welcome back to the Football Index podcast. I'm joined once more by the man with the biggest bollocks ever to be seen. Really, it's it's Mr. ASP. I don't. I can't even what 400k, 500k portfolio. I don't even know what it is anymore. Uh, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks, mate. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Just uh, come back from a, a nice week in Barcelona, uh, and, and it was very sunny. But it's not so sunny in England. But uh, how have you been since the last time you came on? Yeah, well, I mean, it's been what six months, I think, since the last time I was on. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's just—I mean, the index has gone absolutely crazy in that time. So I guess I'm doing pretty well in that respect, um, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. Um, and I think I posted on Twitter as well, as I'm sure most other traders have been. So that's all been going well, and everything else has been going well too. So yeah, all pretty good, mate. Brilliant, brilliant. We've got a lot to talk about because I thought we got about 11, 12 questions in the first Twitter post. And then I was like, oh, God, OK, I'll just retweet it just in case, thinking I might get one or two more. And then I looked at my phone, there was 20 notifications. So you're a popular man. You've got, you got so many. But luckily, some of them were, were the same as each other. So we can we can brush through them quite quickly. Number one, Lewis Sullivan and David Williams. How big are your balls? Have you seen a doctor about your big balls? Two, what, two people asked about my balls? Two people asked about your balls. Wow, that makes me feel good about life generally. Um, <laughs> I mean, my balls are, I guess, reasonably big. I mean, I think to answer it more seriously, um, yeah, I mean, look, I think everyone invests into football index based upon the risk they see in you know making that investment and on the platform's future and uh at the time i invested i think it was probably for me a time where i required much bigger balls um but now i'd say with my current investment you know my balls are probably not as big as they were before because you know i think the risk in terms of obviously how the platforms developed and where it's going i think is in my mind a lot less so i'd say uh, unfortunately they may have shrunk a bit i guess you could say i'm not really sure if that's the right answer but <laughs> so guess, not as big not as big as six months ago but still relatively large yeah yeah i think given the way i trade they're still pretty big i mean i do like to take uh and that, obviously that's how a lot of people make more money i do like to take i think more risk than others so yeah a bit smaller but still above average i'd say <laughs> <laughs> but but something like sky ads for example and john motson they must they must make those balls shrink slightly ever so slightly right yeah exactly and i think um it's 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 everything i think the feedback that the company was giving at the trader meets and then i mean for me john motson was it was strange that when john motson was announced that the index seemed to move seemed to kind of bump bounce quite a lot but for me i mean i mean it's john motson but it, it wasn't a massive deal for me i think the biggest thing for me was the sky sports adverts themselves um and so, yeah, with with the information from the company and then you get obviously the news that they're going to be on mainstream, um, you know, TV. Uh, yeah, they it does it does more and more to kind of quell any sort of latent you know, risk or fear that, you, you, you know, I, I may have had or one may have had. So, yeah, hmm, certainly that massive advertising campaign has has done wonders, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's just I mean, you obviously hear right from the beginning probably more active than me i mean is that something you could have even imagined you know a year ago probably not yeah i was speaking to liam football index lm a couple of weeks ago and he was talking to me about how we used to get excited when we saw football index in 
the bottom left corner of a, of the back end of a paper and now to see it on on bus ads on the tube and uh you know god knows what else i was i was standing at a um i was collecting my luggage from my from my trip to, to barcelona and there was lots of advertising there talk talk um sky where you're waiting around to get your luggage and i just thought football index are actually doing advertising on par with with these massive massive household names i mean so sky ads are, are no joke and i mean when you see it on the tube as a londoner next to nationwide and next to i don't know habito and other companies that are just already big and, and household names it it doesn't still have a lot of confidence doesn't it asp yeah it's um i mean again i think from what you're saying it hasn't really sunk in for me either for them to be you know actually on on Sky Sports, you know, when you think about it, is from where we've come from, is is such a huge deal. I've, you know, obviously, it's it's still to sink in. I think for me, but yeah, I, I think it's everywhere now. That's the point. As you said, I remember when it was on City AM, and I caught it once at work, and yeah, that was a big deal. And then it was on Who Scored with that little, you know, that little slab of advertising above all the statistics, which again, you know, back then was a big deal. So I think they've pretty much got every. I don't know what the term is in advertising, but every sort of medium covered that you'd need to kind of put your product on to get um you know to get new customers on board and i think yeah i mean obviously the big reason a bigger reason why the market's probably moved so much in the last few weeks and months is you know confirmation that it's going to be running i think mike said pretty much all all year round all season on sky sports on every, on loads yeah of multi so, multi-million pound deal isn't it yeah so, it so i mean great. i think that's kind of the final uh piece in the jigsaw from a from a marketing point of view i mean i'm sure there'll be more stuff but but from a trader point of view that's really the the holy grail of what we've been waiting for and i think you know as you said it's it's something that new traders have sorry existing traders have um you know have realized how big it is and i think we'll see that in the new trader acquisition as well Mm, almost surreal isn't it but i i do want to ask you does it make you more confident in terms of the business model and, and, and you thinking wow they must have a lot of money to pay for this or does it make you slightly more concerned and then you ask yourself the question where are they getting all this money which one is it for you well i think well i think in general obviously as a private company we don't really know you know for example they launched through cedars and they got a little bit of funding from you know whoever there and they had you know whatever investment they had then we don't know if in the last year for example they may have got more investors or more loans with a view to investment or, you know, as you said, the, the model is working so well that what they're generating now and what they predict to generate means that this is well within their spend. I mean, I think from my point of view, you know, given the way they've run the company and the recent news again, that they're hiring more people, the, the, the feeling I get um, and also from looking at, you know, just the way the platform works. I mean, so much money is going into for example, so many players who football index will never have to pay out anything on. I mean, that's just a small part of it. But so the way I look at it, I think, you know, the spend on Sky Sports, you know, isn't something they would do, um, you know, if they didn't either have the money or it wasn't in their projections going forward. Yeah. And, and also it's uh, it's not last toss of a coin, isn't it? It's this is this is a calculated move. It's, it's not all or nothing. But we, we do think that this is football index's big moment i mean if this doesn't take it mainstream then what possibly could am i right in in saying that if if this sky ad doesn't work i'm not saying football index goes yeah. down to the ground yeah but it, it is it is the big one isn't it this is uh, it hasn't set in for me it's quite surreal it is yeah the big one. i think i think um over the next year basically come the end of next season 
if they've developed the actual platform as well alongside it and, and the things they need to do on that side with, with the order book. Then I think that by the end of next season, or as you're saying, you know, we, we should be and we hope to be and kind of need to be at a point where, you know, you say well into the mainstream, I'd say into the mainstream enough that they can then kick on again from there, if you see what I'm saying. So not a niche product, um, obviously not a not a huge um, gambling company, but they're they're kind of they've 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 got their position in the market uh, and in the mainstream enough that they can then go on from there. So yeah, I think this is a big year um, alongside this advertising for Football Index for sure. Well, onwards and upwards. We've already been speaking for quite a while, and I, I was going to start talking about order books. I was going to start talking about loads of stuff, but I think we'll get to order books probably later. Uh, but share split is one that we'll probably talk about for about an hour, right? <laughs> well, hopefully not. I mean, I think I said to uh, it was a Football Index SOTD tweeted that he'd be interesting to interested to hear the chat on that but i think and i haven't actually been involved in talking about that much but just the whole thing of it being a discussion has already bored me so hopefully we can get through it but 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 in much less than an hour yeah so so first off you think there's been some uh, misinformation from from certain traders uh, regarding the share split so why don't you put those to bed and then i think you have quite a very interesting viewpoint in in terms of the share split not from a product standpoint not from a actual index platform standpoint but from more from a a business perspective right yeah i do i I mean that's i guess probably the main angle that i'd come at it from but i think there are still other points just which are smaller than that from a sort of product etc perspective but i guess okay so let's start in terms of i don't think it's anyone specifically regularly individually it just seems like where there's a debate um i guess you could say for and against it seems like um, some of the points, um, I guess you could say against, uh, I think aren't, aren't necessarily that valid. And I think it started with, again, I'm not picking you out necessarily, but this is something I've heard repeated. I'm thinking on the podcast with Adam, you, know, you, you said, you know, you're thinking about a, sh- a share split, but is, doesn't that mean the rich will get richer? And, some, you know, and I've noticed a sort of similar theme on, on the timeline as well from actually not that many, but a few people who I think are quite influential. And that is a sort of a strange line of argument to me against a share split, because it kind of seems like, well, two things. One is the byproduct of any share split is that naturally there'll be a percentage rise across the whole platform based on the fact that unit prices will be lower. And um, you know, it tends to, as we've seen in the past when they did it, result in a small increase in traders' portfolio. So, I mean, I think whether you have £1,000 or £20,000 or £400,000, It's if you've got a diversified portfolio, you're going to see roughly the same percentage rise across the board. Um, So I I don't think that's really that relevant to why you necessarily should be against it when it would kind of, I guess, be a a little byproduct slash reward for anyone that's been on the platform prior to it getting into the mainstream. I don't know what you think about that. Mm, Yeah, I I, I actually think that I've never said that the reason or personally, and I don't think, I don't know if about other people's, but personally, I don't think the reason I wouldn't be for a share split is because a lot of people who are existing on the platform and have been on for a while will make a lot more money. I've been on it for a while. I have a reasonably sized portfolio. I'd probably benefit from it quite a lot. I just, I'm, I don't really like it or I'm not sure about when people go on and on and on about customer acquisition and and lowering the barrier of entry when it's more of a short-term thing if you imagine it as a hurdle right in terms of the big prices 
that's a big hurdle at, f- uh, at first. It's lowered. It's made, say, let's say it's made to half. Yeah. We, we're doing a, a straight up two to one share split. Then that hurdle is 50% lower, but then it starts to creep up again. So for me, the, the, it was always a rebuttal against that. It, if people are always using the customer acquisition line, is that your sole intention? It's okay to say that you want to make more money through the share split. I'm not against that. I think everyone who's been on here for a while, who's been on here from the start, deserves to, to reap the rewards, as you've just said. They've taken a huge amount of risk and it, it has paid off sensationally for a lot of people and they should be rewarded even further on from here because I know some people that I speak to on Twitter quite regularly who are like the 80th users on the platform yeah, yeah. <laughs> RC was I think the 260th I was the 2000th people in this kind of category who have stuck through with Football Index throughout do deserve that but I don't sometimes I don't buy it when people say oh well let's lower the barrier of entry when in, in actual fact that's a that's potentially a short term okay so so from my point of view I don't want to use that at all as an argument for a share split I just think as I said it's going to be a byproduct so let's let's leave that one and let's try and get on to what I think the real points are so I think the first thing is if we just go back a little bit I mean Adam Cole said if, if I remember correctly I think I remember correctly that I think it was at the Manchester trader meet he basically said we're probably going to do a share split we know that when we did it before, it increased trading volumes, and we know that we don't want prices above more than about ten pounds for you know, new traders at this stage. So, from that, again, I'm not really sure, and we'll get onto I think what you're going to say, but I'm not really sure if the CEO of the company is saying that it's beneficial and they're thinking of it for those reasons. Why, again, it wouldn't be something that people just were kind of okay with either way i mean that's the other thing as well it's it's kind of something which i either expect to happen or not happen but for the ceo to kind of suggest that this is something we did before and it's good and this is what we plan to do again for there to be such a kind of and it seems quite forceful a lot of the time argument against um seems odd because i mean we can kind of just accept that either way they're going to do it or not and and sort of roll with it either way Initially, I think the point that you're making, I guess, which we can get onto is what's the longer term plan. Um, so in relation to that, I guess there's a couple of things. So the first thing is, the fact is, is whilst from a financial value perspective, for example, I'm going to use the four times because I think that was what was done last time, a four time share split has no difference to the, the return on investment compared to dividends. It has no actual material impact and it's a purely cosmetic thing. Whilst I think there are some people that say and maybe do think that that shouldn't have any impact on the market or, or shouldn't have a material impact on the market. The fact is we know from last time it was done and, and the fact that he's saying it again this time that lower unit prices do, whether it's an emotional thing or the fact that it is you know purely cosmetic or people are just you know, maybe not as smart to realize, they do result in you know, a higher level of, I guess you could say acquisition, trading, liquidity, which, you know, overall for me, that's a good thing. So I think to say, again, to, to put, put my point across in relation to one of the arguments, to say that it will make no difference is true, but it will make a difference in terms of the liquidity of the platform. And I think, again, for that reason, which I'll get into even more, that's essential for Football Index going forward. I've been speaking to a lot of people recently, and I, I think I'm in a few group chats where people are saying, wow, I've just listed this player and he's gone like sure. that do we need more liquidity i i suppose we'll get onto this in a minute um 
perhaps we need more liquidity for the order books to to work with the effect with the effect that they uh, are intentioned yeah with. so so maybe we I, i'm not sure but um currently that we need more liquidity well okay so I, let's get on to that i mean i think my view of, of how things might play out going forward is that we're likely to but it, it may be that we don't and as i said in the case that we don't that's something where you'd say that may not be as strong an argument for a share split but just to get back onto what you were saying before i think the first thing about um you know prices again i think i saw someone saying that yeah prices are split they're just going to rise again and then we're going to need another split and it depends what the what the actual process is and how it works you know if you split uh the shares four times like they did last time we're in a market with a fixed dividend system so it's unlikely that for example you know let's pick someone like mo salah if mo salah went to 20 pounds on current prices if you split him four times down to five pounds it's unlikely that he's going to go back up to 20 pounds i mean that would be 80 pounds on current prices i mean even if it was 10 pounds uh, after a full-time share split, that's still forty pounds on current prices, and I just see that as not really being that possible. Well, not that possible. I don't see it being possible at all. I mean, I think there's a point where, in a fixed dividend system, and again, we can get onto I think something that you know we need to discuss, which is the future of dividends and, and this sort of thing. But in a fixed dividends, in a fixed dividend system, uh, the market cap, both collectively and on individual players, is going to be roughly. Uh, fixed to, to only reach a certain point. So at this point in time, again, in my mind, in order to achieve a certain amount of liquidity whilst, uh, and sort of, I guess you could say max out the system in its current point, uh, I think, you know, there's no reason why share split would lead to another one being needed at this point in time. And the other thing as well is, you know, football's a very fluid, uh, you know, business. Things change all the time. You know, most Salah could be £20 in three months. He could be, you know, back down to half, you know, a year after that, you know, there's age, form, managers, teams, injury, you know, which means things will go on, I think. And, and, and obviously, increasingly with more users, I think it's more likely to have more of these, um, you know, up and down movements than I think we've had previously. So, you know, I don't see that necessarily meaning that at this stage, it would need to happen again. Um, so that I, I guess that's what I need to say in that respect. Yeah, I, I think when it happened the first time, it was so necessary. I mean, I'm not sure if you're around. It was uh, like it was during the Euros, Euro 2016. So it was a couple of years back. But the market was so stagnant and, and it needed more liquidity and it worked a treat. My, my only thing is now we, we currently don't need that liquidity. When we do get to that, as you said, maxing out the market cap, because I think uh, SOTD and SG talked about this quite a lot, that people were saying, what happens when we get to 20 pounds? And, and I discussed this a lot on the podcast. And for me, it was more to try and get what people's perspectives were, what, what guests think that will happen for the future. When in actual fact, I think what will happen is that we, as you said, max out this market cap, and then it becomes more of a trading platform rather than a here, put your money in and just fly up. You're going to have to probably be a bit more picky. It's going to be more of a more of a fancy football kind of vibe where if you have a shit team one week you're going to not score very well if you have shit holds one week you're not going to make any money uh, and i think people have to start adjusting their expectations where you see a lot of posts and, and this is a lack of education this is part of why i do the podcast and the videos where people say oh i've, I've bought neymar now he could be 40 pounds in, in three months times when in actual fact he'd have to return 
six pounds in dividends to even do 15 percent which is unprecedented probably won't happen unless he scores like 70 goals a season so i think and we'll get on to this right now i'm not sure it's necessary and with more and more people coming into the platform and putting more money into the platform and dividends being paid out and people reinvesting those dividends i don't think it's necessary right now when we get to those prices that you talked about when we're near maxing out that market cap and suddenly neymar is very liquid at 17 18 pounds i think sotd speculated that that was the the max price and, and i think i had a podcast with uh uh tc the the potato man the the supermoon uh where we speculated about 19 20 21 pounds depending on how much a player can return i think when you do get to those prices and the 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 spread is pretty large it's not very easy to kind of trade in and out those players then a share split would would probably yeah sorry so i actually don't Uh, disagree with you i mean i'm not saying Again, just to be clear, I, I don't actually care either way sure, whether sure. it happens, you know, whether it's later or now. Yeah, I, I, again, but, I'm, but I'm actually, quite indifferent I agree as well. with you right now. I, I would be very surprised if it actually, you know, next week, for example, happened because I agree with you. But uh, it's more just, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, for example, in terms of what I'm saying, if in you know three months or, you know, even if it did happen in, in a month, even if it wasn't needed, um, I wouldn't be surprised given, uh, I guess I'll get on to talk what I'm, what I'm about to talk about now. I wouldn't be surprised just generally that it's in the roadmap to happen. But but yeah, I agree with you. I, I wouldn't expect it to happen, you know, now or even in a month or maybe even two months. But, you know, by the end of the year, you know, maybe early next year, maybe. I, I just think it's something that I can see happening. But yeah, I can see for sure why why it wouldn't happen you know, today. Absolutely. Sorry, mate. Uh, I was going to say you, you, have, you have some very compelling reasons for why it should happen pre-order books, right? Yeah, I, I think that's the main, to be honest, that's that's really the main, I guess you could say, reason why I can see it being in FI's interest, Football Index's interest to to do. Um, and I may be completely wrong, but it's just how, how I, and obviously we haven't seen what the order book's going to be, but it's just how I view um, how it will all kind of come together and, and why they even suggested the idea of a share split. So at the moment, um, you know, we have the platform, you can see buy, sell, the sell the sell button is the instant sell button, but no one knows at any point how much money there is behind that button, um, and sometimes it's even off. So that's the kind of way it works now. And so I appreciate that maybe at, maybe at this moment in time, um, you know, you can sell 100 or 200 shares of a player, and they go where you know they used to may have taken a day to sell. They may go in an hour or, or, or even less than that now, but this is a whole platform we're talking about. And when order books are here, it's going to basically be, in my mind, an open book. So at any one time, you'll be able to see how much demand uh, there is on the, I guess you could say, the buy side, which is currently the instant sell side or the sell side, um, how much demand there is for any player at any time. And whilst you know Football Index have said there's going to be liquidity provided on that side, uh, the whole point, and this is getting back to what you're saying about the direction of the, the company and, and the profitability, the whole point of the direction they're going in with the order book is to make more trader to trader sales rather than having to, or, or on as few occasions as possible, having to buy back through instant sales. So for me, the key point before the order books get launched is that the platform has to be basically bursting with liquidity. So whilst, you know, right now, as I said, I could sell 100 or 200 shares of a player and they may go pretty soon. I'm not the only one that owns that player. And this is where going back to sort of the emotional psychological point of view, which for me in trading platforms is 
are the main two things that drive them rather than pure logic a lot of the time. I think as most people have come to today with these IPOs. But um, so so in, so when I say it has to be bursting with liquidity, you if you hold a player, you basically having felt pretty comfortable that you could instant sell them at you know X price uh, at the current um, way the platform set up. If the order books then introduce and you look down the order book and see that there may not be you know barely any demand on the buy side, you're going to panic and everyone's going to panic in my mind and and there's going to be a lot of carnage and it's just not going to be how the transition is supposed to work because the same thing i think would, would probably happen across the market which would be a disaster so you know you don't want the liquidity provider to have to pick up the slack in that situation and it's probably not going to have enough capital you know if we're talking about a, a 25 million market right now maybe going up to 30 35 it's not going to have the slack in that to pick up the not real demand, but just even the potential demand on the buy side from every trader on every player. And obviously some players will be more liquid than others, so there shouldn't be full liquidity on all of them. But what I'm trying to say is that I think in my mind, some people may not have appreciated the amount of money that that's going to require. Um, and so in terms of the share split, for me, what you need to do is you need to squeeze the market at the moment to the maximum in terms of prices. And obviously prices change based on the value of the time, but hypothetically squeeze them to what at any current moment would be their maximum. And then on top, you also need to have enough buy orders in the system. Um, and traders obviously need to have that money in their accounts when they place the buy orders to support prices when they transition over. So, you know, in, talk, in terms of actual figures, obviously it's difficult to say, but let's say prices squeeze up across the market by another 30%. Um, and so that takes the market to you know, 30 million, if it's 25 billion now, I don't know if you agree with those rough figures, maybe it's less. Yeah, I'd say between 20 and 30. Yeah, so say it's 25 right now, and they squeeze up by another 30%. That's another, call it 10 million, roughly between seven and a half to 10 million. And then you need demand in buy orders on top of that to support that market cap, which is now increased. So again, if you were going to be, if I was football index, I'd say you want as much caution as possible in that transition, which means you're going to want as much money as possible supporting that market cap of 30, 35 million, which means, say, 50, 75% of the market cap, you're going to want supported by buy orders, maybe it's less, but it's going to be, I think, in the tens of millions, in my mind, is you know, the figure you're going to need on the buy side, along with a liquidity provider to make sure the market's stable. Because as I said, you're going to want to be more cautious than not just to make sure there's no risk at all of the market you know, being hugely volatile and people just saying, oh, forget this, I'm not going to bother with this anymore. So, you know, if we're talking actual numbers, obviously this can be completely wrong. That's sort of anywhere between 20 and 30 million more, uh, which, you know, as I said, it may be possible that in the next three months, six months, that we get to those figures. You know, the prices all squeeze up to their normal points. There's enough um, additional demand to support the buy order side. And, you know, we get there and then we can launch the order bit. But I just think in terms of the share split, for me, it's more just why take the risk uh, and also why not get there sooner. Um, so that's really the angle that I come at it from is I think personally, the reason why they suggested it and the reason why I can see it being sensible potentially from a football index point of view is to get to that point. But as I said, you know, do I think it's absolutely essential that we have to do that in order to get there and it couldn't get there on its own? Possibly not. But do I think it's worth the risk and worth the delay for what the fact that a few people's portfolios might go up and no real negatives other than I guess what we're going to talk about afterwards, which is the longer term 
you know need for share splits. I, I can't really see for the risk of the of crashing the platform and the order being a disaster. I, I think it's you know more than worth it just to split the shares and get and just get on with it personally. I don't know what yeah, you think about that. I, I think you're you're right in terms of uh, trying to provide as much liquidity as possible. I think this is something that Football Index probably need to think about when we're nearer to, to that kind of market cap point because I think what they said is they're going to trial the order book system in the background. I don't know how they'll do that, but I think they'll they'll have a good idea of how much liquidity is actually happening and say if they're at 20% of the if 100% is what they need to get to and if they're at 20-30% in the background uh, maybe two months pre-order book and they say well guys we actually need a lot more liquidity I think a share split's the way to go I think they should do it there's no reason why they should take the risk as you said said but if they are at like say 80-90% and then they say uh you know let's uh let's just wait for more money to go in and then we'll do it and then we could potentially look at a share split after if some of those top players are still very illiquid and then there's going to be something in between where you're about 60 70 percent or 50 60 70 percent and you say uh you know what there's no point in having the risk of us doing the order books and, and having a lack of liquidity let's share split and i do think in the long term it's probably going to happen to mitigate that risk as you said i just again at, at this moment in time to do it right now it would be strange for me but I would understand them trying to get those events kind of far apart enough so that that, that market cap can get squeezed up after the share split happens, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Like you said, if it, if it doesn't, you know, if, if things go even better than they have been the last few weeks and everything, you know, gets, you know, accelerates even faster, you know, there may be absolutely no need. But I, as you said, I wouldn't be surprised if if the way they monitor things makes it, uh, more sensible for them to be cautious and line things up to happen in that way. But the only other thing I will say is I also disagree. You know, I do think when you're having a new marketing push, and this is the other reason why I think it, it may be possible, is I do think when you're having a big marketing push, you know, and we can get to, again to, 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 to player prices and how they'll you know, potentially go up even further in the future. But whilst they're still going from, I guess, the final phase of being a more niche product to their first kind of real chunk, chunky bite into the mainstream, I do think it is more sensible to have your lower unit prices um, across the board just to make, again, not in reality, but to make things seem more affordable for traders. And again, people can say it has it makes no difference, but I'm sure for most people coming onto the platform, it just looks more appealing to have players, you know, under whatever, six, seven, eight pounds rather than going up to sort of 14, 15, 16 pounds. And when you're, when you're paying all that money for the Sky advertising, again, I, I think why not do it? It's not exactly going to be a negative and it's more likely to have some, you know, whether it's a significant or, or, or fairly minimal, it's going to have some positive impact with your traders for sure. Mm. So what do you say to, to traders on Twitter who talk about football index not actually needing those smaller time traders uh i think i saw a, a bit of an argument and i think there was a lot of sarcasm in it with with sg who, who's not he's not scared to, to speak his mind who, who basically said if you, if you do have 10 pounds and you can't afford neymar then then maybe it's not right for you and, and i think that goes with every investment and every betting platform bet 365 you shouldn't deposit 50 quid into bet 365 if you don't have 50 quid to, to deposit and i think I, i've had this from people staff at football index tell me well, we'd rather have one person who deposits one thousand pounds than 10 who deposit a hundred pounds i'm not sure why that's the case but that seems to be the logic in it yeah uh, do you agree with that argument well, that um, people who, who don't have i think little money shouldn't 
shouldn't be part of it. So I think I, I would say, no, no. So, so I, I don't agree. I don't agree at all with the fact that people who, who have little money shouldn't be on it because there are places in the market at different times where with very little money, you can make very good money. I can see um, what someone might be saying in relation to if you don't have the money to buy X player, don't buy X player. Um, and I think in the longer term, it's not as much of uh, not as much of an issue. But as I said, I think we need to be sensitive still to this place that football index is in and trying to go to, where you know I don't think it's the case of not being able to afford one Neymar. I think it's more the case of you know if if buying twenty five Neymar looks more appealing to your to your wallet. And again, this is regardless of what is true, which is the fact that it makes no difference in terms of the ROI. But if the fact in your in your wallet buying twenty five Neymar seems four times less bad or whoever it is, you know, it can be a two pounds player, you know, if they're priced at 50p instead, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it is going to make people who are new to the platform um, more likely to be engaged. But I guess the important thing is that um, from small beginnings, you can get lots of positive effects. So maybe they start with a little bit of money maybe they have a lot more money and maybe through that engagement, you then get them to deposit more or maybe they have a friend and maybe from their small, um, you know, deposit into the platform, that friend puts, you know, 10 times as much in and maybe that friend has another, another friend. So I think it's all about the network effect and not for no good reason, giving new traders a reason to, to, to turn away from football index. It's giving them as much reason to get involved. And so again, at this stage, as I said, it, it seems more rational to give them that reason but but if the platform was two two years down the line and everyone in the whole world knew about it and as we'll talk about now you know prices may be much higher i don't think it's probably that necessary because they don't need to be fighting as hard uh for those new customers where i still i I still think we're at that stage where you know we need to be a bit more considerate to that yeah i I totally agree i think that it's so hard there needs to be a way for i don't know what this will be and i think we'll get on to this in the in the future what what kind of things you'll add on to it some sort of add-on where traders who don't have that much money can make four five times returns in an instant rather than in two three months i think that's the missing piece of the puzzle for football index if they can crack that there is no stopping this thing. I'm I'm pretty certain of it. But for me, in, in general, I think the f- the first move before the the order book implementation would be to to declutter the index, remove some of those players that have no ownership, uh, and just make it a lot easier for for people to to search players. Because I think if you if you've got players from Saudi Arabia and Peru and whatnot that 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 just will, have got no ownership right now, just remove them from a the platform. And then if one of them suddenly bursts onto the scene for I don't know a Premier League team in three years. IPO them again. There's no, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to void those bets and then issue them again in the future. And then after that, so oh, I, sorry. so I, I, so I have, I, I only interjected because I. This is the only, only thing that I think I disagree with you on. But I'll get on to the reason why I think later because I think, in general, to be even more appealing to traders, the ability to buy players before IPO. You know, especially given the ridiculousness of what we see on IPOs, I think the ability to buy players and genuinely spot talent early or spot players early needs to be there. And so I am actually in favor of an even bigger database. But but I think the platform to to kind of agree with you a little bit, there's so I think there's there's quite a bit that they could do still um, before going any further and could have done even before. And I'm not sure why they didn't in terms of the platform's 
clutter or functionality, which uh, hopefully they do still do before kind of it gets any bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I certainly think there's there's pros and cons to it. I think in the in the short term, I think if you've got players who don't have any action and probably won't in the next two or three years. I don't know if they're like 38 and in the Saudi Arabian League. I, 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 I don't know how much worth they are on the end. Okay, maybe they're, but you maybe. never know. You never know. But uh, <laughs> but then after that pre-order book, I'd, I'd kind of have a look and see how much liquidity there is, as we've previously discussed, and then decide whether or not a share split is needed or perhaps they provide bigger liquidity when order books actually happen so they happen with their current prices or the current prices that they are now and they say well we've estimated that we needed to provide this much liquidity now we need to shift it up a bit there's a lot of avenues i think they'll go down perhaps the the order book uh share split joint thing maybe three months apart will will help us and it certainly would be less of a risk to do it with with smaller prices as there's more liquidity i think that's one football index to, to chew over but god we've, we've talked about this for so long we might as well we might as well talk about the order books a bit longer uh and kind of so i guess when i talked about the share split with adam cole and um mike in in the podcast it's episode 33 i think no that was ages ago now uh, um I always talked about this cyclic argument and I, I think that cycle stops when we reach a max market cap. But in terms of the long term future, how do you how do you acquire customers when in the past you, for example, and I could have bought Neymar for three pounds and now he's thirteen fifty. How do you say to someone, you know what, it's actually worth it for you to buy Neymar right now at say hypothetically sixteen pounds and it's gonna be better than betting? Do Football Index have to not rip up their business model, but, but but kind of say like, look, you should just do this instead. You won't make like a, you won't win a fifty to one bet, but in the long term, you'll make a lot more money. How do they pivot that attitude? Because at the moment, it's kind of like you could have bought him at one pound, and I've seen this at trader meets as well. It's Adam Cole's like, well, if you looked at uh, Neymar's graph, he was two pounds a year and a half ago, but that that sudden appeal diminishes when we when we reach like that maximum limit or market cap what do you think is is needed to do in the in the future for us as a community to grow and for football index to acquire customers in, in a new fashion yeah well i think you basically said it earlier when you said that i can't remember who you said it was but the words were need to adjust and i think traders the community and football index obviously in the way they pitch it will need to adjust in the sense that you know the platform was built from a particular time from scratch. And obviously as a result of that, um, in order to try and get it to where it's going to be finally, or, or I guess the final part of this initial stage with the order books, obviously huge, huge people, a number of people like me took a huge amount of risk. Um, and through the natural growth of the platform, um, with a little bit of trading on the side, but largely the natural growth of the platform, I've seen, you know, huge gains. And obviously, as you're saying, that's pitched sometimes within the community and by football index to say, you know, look at all these huge rises. But what we're going to get to is a point where, as you said, where we get close to the max of cap, the max market cap is, you know, you said it again, it's going to be a trading platform. So there will be players who you will be able to pick up, you know, and this is why I'll get onto the database point, but you'll, you'll, there will be players who you'll be able to pick up for two pounds who will go, you know, in a year or two up to 12 pounds, but by and large, the best traders will make more money and the worst traders will make less money. And you'll have to be actually more of a very efficient trader um, to 
exit at the right time, accumulate at the right time, you know, buy and sell at the right time in order to make good money. And I don't think that it will be as easy, for example, as it may have been in the last year. But I still think that in terms of the engagement and I guess the amount of money you can make comparable to the amount you can lose still be better than betting um, just by the nature of it in the fact that you know you rarely lose all of your stake or even 50% of your stake unless you're really unlucky. Um, but again, the, the gains will have to be like in any stock market, you know, uh, a large number of shares will be very high risk, high reward here at the bottom. Then they'll be slightly, you know, mid to mid at the, at the middle and your uh, more expensive players at the top will be, you know, your blue chip shares who will return a steady yield and probably be fairly stable, but um, won't give you much capital growth. So I think that's probably where they need to, and we need to, once the order book's fully operational and the, and the market cap's maxed out, I think that's where we'll see basically it being pitched, which in effect is what a stock market is. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. But in traditional financial markets, we do see steady market crap growth because stocks are in i don't know hypothetically some of them can can go up limitlessly right uh how do you think football index shift from that because in an actual i i see it more as as an exchange like a betfair exchange right uh rather than a stock market when we do have those order books because if you compare it to a stock market you have the the FTSE 100 for example that that grows that has grown if you look at it for the last 10 years a, a lot football index's market cap as you said if we've dis- we've discussed will kind of squeeze out and it will be at a max cap what like do you see that as more of a not an index sorry a uh do you see that more as a, a betfair exchange type thing rather than a stock market and how do football index stop pitching that as a stock market if that makes sense a similar kind of question but... yes yeah so i think i think what's going to happen is or the way i see it and again maybe completely wrong but i see uh again uh, maxing out i guess you could say of the market the order book implemented and then a stage where essentially the 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 platform runs on its own and to to be honest in terms of the stock market versus exchange concept it's it's hard to answer but i think in the longer term which maybe we can get on to talk about now i think it will have it can potentially have more similarities to a stock market in the sense that prices could go up further than what you would perceive the market cap to be. Uh, and obviously there could be crashes, you know, of, 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 um, of similar size um, and a little adjustment in relation to the way dividends work, which means that essentially it, it, I think it would work more like a stock market rather than an exchange purely because, you know, obviously you can never create the exact same thing, but for me, an exchange typically works for events which are fairly short-term in nature and, you know, don't give you much of a longer-term view. And whilst I know that this has a three-year limit on the bet, once the, um, I think the liquidity is there and the order book's there and then they push on to the next phase, I think you genuinely could have, uh, hypothetically, players that could be picked up for 50p, again, assuming they sort out the IPO system, the database, who you can if you want to buy, hold, resell over the course of three, six, even nine years potentially. And I know I'm not saying this is how you should trade because I know people are going to say, you know, three-year bets are ridiculous. I'm just saying potentially you could have that situation where people do see this more as a stock market and you can get holds broken up 
you know, in three-year increments across three, six or nine years. So, but obviously you need to develop the platform to get to that stage. Yes. Yeah, so so let's get onto that. that because Martin O'Regan asked, do you have any fears about the long-term future and security of the index? So maybe let's talk about the security thing for, for a couple minutes and then we'll go on to the future and, and kind of uh, we'll answer a question from Fitty Index King, which is in your opinion, what f- platform functionality do you think that FI should fr- prioritize and implement next and why? So we'll kind of just talk about First of all, that security issue, then the future. What, what do we, where do we go from here? So by security, do you mean in terms of your, so the security of your, of your money? Uh, whew, I'm not actually sure. Or just the stability of the platform going forward. I think maybe, so yeah. I, I mean, let's answer both. I mean, yeah. just in terms, of, in terms of the security point, I obviously as someone with a large portfolio have, um, I guess, more concerns in the past about just simple things like, you know, someone getting a hold of my details. And, uh, you know, instant selling all my players. <laughs> and then, you know, I was thinking maybe withdrawing the money, but then I guess the good thing about the withdrawals is it goes back to your bank card, but I guess they could potentially log on and just sell all my players down. <laughs> but um, so that's one thing that I was a little bit concerned about. I think with the, uh, you know, I'm a, unfortunately an Android user and with the latest app, it's got the fingerprint sensor, which I know again is not foolproof and it's got the pin, which was a little bit of stability uh, or a little bit of reassurance in that sense. I would still like ideally going forward and I don't know what it is, but if there could be maybe an extra layer of, of security for people that want it, which may be a bit more complex and maybe more time consuming and cumbersome, but if you want it, you can have it. Then I think, you know, for people that either just want it or for people like me who have a large portfolio, it would be welcome. Um, because again, you know, going forward, you know, if we develop how we want to, there's going to be, you know, a lot of people with significant amounts of money in this platform and obviously everyone wants to be as secure as possible. Mm, mm, interesting. I, I certainly think that the the security thing being hacked doesn't actually get pitched that much to me. I've had the odd person. I'm like, oh, I haven't actually thought of that, but uh, it, it's certainly an interesting one. Uh, and what about your long-term view? You talked about stock market comparison and players potentially rising beyond the that kind of limit that we talked about. How, how do you foresee that happening and what yeah. would Football Index need to do to make that a reality? Sure. So, so I think the first thing is I'll try and I'll try and address this as quickly as possible. I think the first thing is I think this is a concern for a few people, or just an uncertainty in terms of what's going to happen next after. And obviously, it ties into the share split point. What's going to happen then, or what happens then after that? So, I think the first thing to point out is at the moment, um, it's very difficult to make any firm arguments about something that may happen or may need to happen in a year or two's time based on events now in the same way that for example on day one on the platform someone could have said you know I'd, how in the long term is is liquidity going to work how are they going to get to an efficient market and then you know we're three years later and we've had a two-step process with first instant sell and then order books and now finally we can kind of see it if you see what i'm saying so i think it's quite difficult for anyone to say with any certainty right now you know in a year's time how are we going to then take the platform forward after this first phase? But in terms of my point of view, and this may be completely wrong, but I would be surprised if they didn't, um, and I think I've touched on this with you briefly before, I would be surprised if they didn't link dividend payouts to daily income, percentage of daily income. Uh, And again, when talking about this, even in my mind, I can see because it's so far away and because so many things would need to happen 
like the maxing out of the market cap like the order books for us to even get to a position where you can even consider this why don't you lay it out in layman's terms before yeah so it's just it? i just think you know you'd have a system whereby so say the dividends at the moment were 18p on a for a star player on a treble day all that would happen would be that and again this is obviously subject to things developing to that point you'd have a situation whereby the the player would either win as a minimum that dividend so that would be a guaranteed amount or if it was higher the percentage of daily income um you know as it would translate into the dividend so on that particular day that might be 27p for example and in that way it would be linked to trading volumes and in that way you'd get more of a situation whereby two things would happen one is over time it would become i think more like a sort of fantasy football element whereby anticipation would rise on players i think in in, in the run-up to matches in the expectation that they would win the dividend and on the expectation that probably on a weekend trading volumes would be higher and you'd get that sort of in terms of what you're talking about that bigger spike for certain traders you may get that um but you'd also get a system whereby uh the, the sustainability of the platform would be guaranteed and things could move as quickly or as as slowly as they needed to so it may be that you know for six months nothing changed but it may be after that that trading volumes are a certain level and, and income was at a certain level that um you know the percentages of the of the daily income were higher and also they would maybe bump up the the other dividend you know by a minimum amount again but it, again it would be tied to the profitability of the index itself so in that sense for people asking how is it how is it going to be sustainable how is it going to work that would potentially be a way in which it would be sustainable because it would be linked into the profitability of the index if you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. i totally understand i think it's an interesting one i think we'd have to see massive volume of trades and, and lots of liquidity for for that to be a reality a- again i think raising that minimum dividend I think it kind of creeps towards the cyclic argument where players then have like a, a, a higher base price, if that makes sense. Where in actual fact, what we maybe want, and I don't know if this is what you want, is, and I, I don't know if it's what I want because it's so far in the future, but you want players to reflect their value of their current form, right? So you want uh, Mo Salah, who's still currently playing well, to be high, but then when he has a dip, to, to, to be worth far less uh, similarly to Neymar if he plays badly for three months then there's no reason he shouldn't be like I don't know eight pounds or however low someone is willing to pay for them so I think it's an interesting idea and I think there's definitely something for Lindex to toy with there I think there's so many avenues they can go down and we could speculate here forever but I think we've literally answered three questions we're already 50 minutes in so we need to move on uh, FI Callum uh us uh, unless you did you have anything else you wanted to say about it there was just one on that point i think two things quickly one is i think the the point about uh share prices won't be as relevant in that point at that point and you could have a system which worked on fractional shares even if prices were you know 80 pounds 100 pounds whatever it was i'm just using those those figures but the only other thing as well is um yeah i think uh the fact that i i hear what you're saying about prices being linked to the performance but I imagine, and again, this I may be completely wrong, but I imagine in a system whereby uh, the p- maximum potential dividend is linked to trading volumes, I think they would only raise the other minimum dividend on a very, very small incremental basis, which would mean that essentially all players would rise in proportion at the same time, if you see what I'm saying. But again, I don't know whether that's something that's desirable mm. or not. But, but, but do you think that minimum dividend could fall as well if volumes aren't as high? 
Well, I think it's probably difficult to because they again they probably and this is the other reason why I don't think it would happen at any fast rate is because they'd always want to be as conservative as possible, right? So they're not just going to suddenly say because they have one day of a certain amount of income that they're prepared to pay out a minimum dividend of X. Uh, they're going to want you know maybe six months, maybe a year even of really regular, uh, consistent volumes of a certain amount, and even then they'll probably only pay out a really small percentage of that. So I don't think either initially it would happen very very quickly and even then any increments i think they'd have to allow themselves such a big headroom in terms of uh being certain of ability to pay out that i doubt it would happen you know very regularly but again i, I don't know mm-hmm. certainly a lot to chew on isn't there asp but we'll move on because we've uh we've we've really f***ed it haven't we uh 50 53 minutes in and uh three three questions four questions answered fi callum asks do you think there could be a market for team trackers like a tracker 10 you could get a tracker man city and ben ben fi howard also says could there be dividend payouts for winning teams from each league annually so i think i mentioned this ages ago in in a new uh when we talked about like new revenue streams where you know a top scorer could could win a dividend and i do know that for certain adam cole really likes have buying teams and whether i think in for him he means like buying the actual team like you could own arsenal and own leicester city but i think this is might be a better idea where you can buy all of the players right if i think that's where he's going at yeah i think so i guess we've got to try and get through this stuff quickly so and quickly yes i think there could be a tracker for you know buying a whole team you know it's probably not something i'd be interested in but i don't see why you couldn't i think in terms of um the other point you mentioned are you talking about a separate index for teams or are you just talking about a similar thing as as the guy well i i think it was it would be like having managers you'd be able to buy arsenal and buy leicester city and buy Arsenal. yeah i think you know i said arsenal twice there i'm an idiot yeah i mean i think for me (laughs) uh the index as you said should all be based around a specific player's performance but uh, you know if there was a way of doing that uh you know on the side you know i have it's not something I'm interested in, to be honest. But if there's if there's a way to do it, I, I don't. I'm open, as you know, to any ideas. So if it's a good idea and there's demand for it, I'm more than I'm more than for it. Mm. And what about the yearly dividend payouts for for teams seasonal? Yeah. Ones? So that again, I guess I guess that was actually what I wanted to mention. I think that is is something. Again, I'm open to all ideas if it could be done in a way where um, you know it was reasonable and everyone was happy with it. Fine. I personally don't think. For the sole reason that again you want to base the prices of players on their individual performance, specifically with performance bars again, you know, from match to match, have those ups and downs. I don't think then linking them to their team's performance is 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 good for the market really. So I personally wouldn't like it, but again, if it could be done in a way where it could be more sellable to me or more people, then then fine. But as I said, then the main factor in a player's price should really be again going forward as well, which hopefully we'll talk about their performance. Mm. A, a last point on that, I think that would you have to own the whole the player for the whole season and if not then lots of people would buy random as like the reserve city keeper um towards the end of the season we just see massive pump and dumps and i'm not sure that's what we want but we'll move on uh nick lfc says what would you say to new traders who think football index is too good to be true when they see portfolios such as yours and lots of people in green does it make the platform seem like it could be too good to be true given that they have no knowledge of the platform yet? Probably. And I think, again, going back to what I said before, it would probably be hard for them to obtain this information, but maybe we can do it as a community to communicate that, you know, the platform operated at a certain point and grew in a certain way, which meant that obviously a lot of these portfolios did develop. 
uh, as of now, is it possible to still make lots and lots of money? Yes, if you either either in, in two ways. One is by numerical value. If you take a lot of risk with a sizable deposit and use it well, you can certainly turn that into huge amounts of money. And if you deposit a smaller amount of money in terms of on an ROI basis as a good trader, you can definitely make very good money. And I'd probably argue that on that basis, as as it should be, as, a, as an efficient trading platform, there's potentially be, there's potentially more to be made from a smaller deposit over the next few years as the platform gets more efficient and more functional than there may have been right back at the start when it was hugely inefficient. We talked about lowering that barrier of entry, but if you can turn £10 into £50 in, in a few weeks and then that £50 into £200 in the, the five weeks after that, then you're looking at people who deposited £10, now have 200 quid to play for and say, I, I might deposit another few hundred, as you previously mentioned. But yeah, certainly an interesting one there. I think us as a community we have to be quite careful when we do things like that because i think we want to we want to show how good this product has been showcase how how great football index is but we want to do it slightly conservatively as well we don't want people coming on putting five grand in saying i'm gonna instantly become rich they lose a grand and then yeah. call it a scam we, we don't really want that do we no 100 percent not well, yeah, I think that was pretty definitive, wasn't it? <laughs> I think <laughs> FI, FI, so I'm conscious of the time. So. <laughs> FI Tinkerman says, do you think it's time for FI to admit that the footy and its current calculation method is somewhat flawed? Uh, I'm going to do so somewhat in, in uh, quotation marks. And that a more transparent and meaningful method of calculating is bought in. I think that they should, and I have said this to Adam Cole's face before anyone slags me off about it. So I, I'm, I've never said, I don't think I've ever said this, but I just always thought it was the case. And again, maybe I'm wrong because I think most people, well, I was partly wrong on the um, the spreads as well because I thought they were fully automated when they're not. But I think uh, I always thought. I remember one day about a year ago, or a year and a half ago, on a on a on a day or or on consecutive days, I'd add up the uh, basically the share price against the rise or loss on any given day. So I'd add up whatever that might be across all the rises and fallers. And then I'd use that figure against the footy to work out how much it had risen by, or, or I guess the overall market cap. So if you know the, the value of those uh, buys and sells was X amount, and then I worked out that the footy was uh, you know a market cap of this, I would then look at the next day's um, you know value of total buys and sells. And I thought when I did that, that it seemed to corroborate because it seemed to give a market cap at that time, which I thought was the market cap, it was about 10 mil. And it seemed to give an increase in line with that. So I'm too lazy, but I don't know if someone wants to do that calculation on a few days, just add up the value of the buys and sells, because that's what they said it was. And, and when I did that, it seemed to be in line with that. But maybe I'm completely wrong again. It's, it's such a weird one because we've had so many conflicting explanations of it i think adam mike and kieran have all said fairly different things about it but i think one thing that should be implemented is like an, an average price uh thing I, I don't know if they could disclose how much money is actually in the index because that might get them in a sticky situation with gambling regulators but an average price indicator would certainly be something good uh to, to add where you, you actually just simply see the average price of all the players that the mean total of every single player on the index divided by you know the, the total of players there and, and you have an average price it would be as simple as that and and if that rises then 
th- there's averagely more money in, in the index so that falls and there, there might be less money in the index but again that might not indicate very accurately how much money is flying around the index because if one player at the top goes up loads and 20 at the bottom go down a lot they might balance out but you might have that same number if that makes sense it's a tough one to get right but i certainly think the footy's flawed probably mostly because it's been so poorly explained i'd love someone to just sit me down face to face and be like this is what it is there is it, this is it in black and white it's 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 that binary you, you can't get it wrong but it, it so far hasn't happened so so i'm not i'm not sure about it to be honest <laughs> but we, we've got to move on because i've just slagged the footy off for so long uh sorry mike uh, adam and kieran footy index 102 has been on the podcast before he was very good What's your biggest regret, ASP? Do you have any? <laughs> and if so, how did you learn from them and what did you learn from them? Yeah, I mean, loads. Um, I think the only way to get anywhere or to get you know experience and to get your skills up is by making mistakes. And I think in relation to what you said about people that come on and expect to make loads of money, don't, and then maybe go away. Um, you know, that's just not how this platform works. I mean, it took me even before my big investment, about six months to get really comfortable monitoring every day, doing really small trades, trying it out. So regrets, I mean, basically any player I've bought that's then, you know, we've all had it, you buy a player and then, you know, he hasn't risen for a huge amount of time. And then literally as soon as you sell them, he rises a lot. Um, not sticking to my strategy. Again, then you know, over trading. So at times where maybe your strategy isn't maybe yielding as enough as it, as it was, trying to operate side up, operate really far outside that and you know everything going amiss i think just over time those regrets have got less but yeah i've had loads and they were they were really frequent and 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 really kind of i guess bigger at the beginning but over time i tend to have less and less <laughs> well you certainly can't have that many regrets because you've made a absolutely yeah shit you say that money. but i think it's like you know it, i have x amount of money now but say it was four say it was one percent of that four grand I could have probably made, you know, as anyone could, I think, I'm sure, as a trader, if you hadn't made as many bigger mistakes or, you know, had done this, hadn't done this, and obviously you can never do it all, but obviously you always think, you know, you could have maybe six grand instead of that four grand or eight grand instead of that four grand. And, you know, I think those, that's the other thing about it is the emotional side is just letting that all go and realize there's going to be more. But as long as you've got a fairly consistent strategy, which does well, then you'll generally be okay. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's all about having more winners than losers. I think if if I won every single trade or made a lot of money on every single trade I made, then I'd I'd have a lot a lot of money. But <laughs> you have to just get over those regrets, learn from them, and just move on and try to to make better decisions in the future. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's the thing. I think that takes time. Like this is you know obviously trades necessarily don't take time, but to get to the stage where you can make those trades more successfully than not, again, it's just not like regular betting. So obviously everyone has to be aware of that, especially for anyone that's newer listening. <laughs> certainly so but i think we'll move on to the next one fpl addict says do you have or have you got a maximum percentage of portfolio size you put into one player how many players did you own at one time or at any one time when starting out and then ali g also asked a similar question which is do you tend to favor having more players and less stocks in each or fewer players but more so i don't have a set percentage uh purely because there are times when I feel like I want to take a lot more risk. And there have been times in the past 18 months where I've wanted to take a lot more risk. And there are times when, you know, I've wanted to take you know very little risk. So 
some at some points I've had up to you know thirty percent of my portfolio in a player. At other times I've had you know a player that's maybe 0.01 percent in my portfolio, and at sometimes that thirty percent player has gone down to five, and that 0.1 percent has gone up to ten. It, it varies, so I don't have a set percentage. I think it's good to diversify, and I say to any new traders that you need to be diversified generally to protect. Uh, but within that, I think what's really important in my experience to make good money is to make sure that those percentages are um, either maxed out or minimized out at particular points in the season in order to maximize, if you're holding those players, your, your returns. Mm, mm, um, in on, terms sorry. of the other question about, um, you know, what part of what is <laughs> <laughs> The other one was uh, D10. Uh, the first one was a percentage size of your portfolio into one player and then the other one was having more players and less stocks in each or having fewer players but more stocks in each um yeah i again it's uh it varies i think probably now going forward just because of personal circumstances i'll probably have fewer players um but in the past year there's been so much going on and also just adjusting to pb how that affected the market and then how the market's going to be affected going forward I was probably owning at any one point a lot more players than I, I was going forward. But I think for me, there's a set number, which I think I'd like to think are manageable, given the time I like to spend and the amount of time I'm available online, which is probably less than most. That's probably around 30 to 40. I'm I'm above that at the moment. I'm probably about 50 to 60. Um, but yeah, maybe at any one point going forward, I'd like to probably own about maybe 40 players. Mm. So, I've never so, so, more than about 80. Oh, interesting interesting so so uh you know you put your balls online then if it works it works yeah pretty much i mean i think again it's it's like it's like anything if you if you can trade more often which i apart from this last two months i haven't been able to do um you know obviously you don't need a lot of time necessarily to trade but if you can trade actually literally every day every hour or most hours you know you can make a lot more money i think for me i've always thought that i've needed to take more risk in relation to and again you don't have to but if, if I wanted to make more money, I felt I've always had to take more risk because I, um, you know, was not really available to, to, to monitor trades as much. Mm, mm. Certainly an interesting one to consider for traders. Next up, Dr. IM Portfolio asks, how close to the three-year point do you expect to bang out of your long-term trades? Uh, well, I mean... And then he goes on to say, sorry, before, because I have to say this bit. Also, do you have an end game and then in brackets, e.g. 1 million cash in hand and head to the Bahamas? <laughs> no, I think I, well, I don't have a, an end game in terms of that. I don't really, you know, it'd be good to get to a point where I can maybe at some point use the profits for something if I want to. But yeah, until that point comes, I don't really have a, I don't really operate in the sense that I, you know, I might see in my mind that over the course of a few years, this player might really really go up a significant amount in price but those players are very very few um so any players i do hold whilst again i may i may think to myself this could be a player i don't necessarily need to monitor as much over three years but that can always change there have been players where i've thought that and then i've literally just had to sell all of them um or i've sold down a few or you know there have been other players who i've you know significantly increased my holding with so i don't really see it as Again, specifically that I'll buy X player and that I'm definitely going to hold him for three years. It's more that I know it's a three-year bet. And if I view the long-term price of that player as significantly upwards, then in my mind, I know I've always got that. 
but I've always re- I'll always react to generally to what's going on in the market or uh, what's happening at the time if I think it's it's worth altering the strategy at any point. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it is. It's a strange one because I think Football Index chat has asked for that three-year button to to put, <laughs> be put on portfolios for so long. Uh, it does become a sticky one for Football Index. They they need to probably do that pretty soon because we're coming up to October where people may have purchased shares that do actually expire and i wonder how that's going to play down but it, it's just another thing for, for football index to think about right isn't it yeah i mean that's again there's a there's a whole list of stuff which then that's probably up there things which i i would have personally liked them to have ironed out before they went for this big mass marketing push but i guess for them they couldn't waste an opportunity and, and the momentum they had so they just went for it and maybe they'll clean up the other stuff later but that's definitely something which you know they need to they need to get onto because the, the time is is coming closer and closer mm, and you mentioned your strategy uh, earlier very briefly you used to be arcalini right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so talk, talk to us about that time because bloody hell you you were absolutely reckless in in your day yeah to be honest i'm not sure if, how much of a strategy there was back then i think i had a decision to make this big investment and I just sort of picked players that I think I thought, and I think this is how a few of the bigger traders that have come on recently have operated as well. I just picked players that I thought with the move to PB had a stable, relatively stable long-term future in general uh, upward price prediction um, and just invested heavily in them. And some of those I you know, have kept and topped up on. Some of them I've sold down. Some of them I've got rid of completely. But... Yeah, that time was more, again, I wanted to gain a foothold in the market um, on certain players. Um, and again, I'll, I'll do a similar thing now sometimes. If I if I really see a certain player who I think the market's missed, I will, you know, I'll really go in. So I'll go in, you know, in, you know, 1,000, 2,000. I've even done 3,000 before. Um, and I tend to operate more like that. And I like to wait for those often. Um, and then obviously have my smaller trades on the side. But if it's that sort of big investment, I, I kind of operate the same. So it, it, in a sense, I had less experience, but it wasn't that much different to what I do even now sometimes. <laughs> oh, God. People used to talk about that, that, that user <laughs> all the time. It's brilliant. But I, I think there's, I don't know, have you, have you mentioned everything that you want improved or is that no, what you're going to be finishing No, unfortunately not. Off? There's, there's loads of stuff and I don't know go how on, much the listeners want let's, to hear let's, it. But... Let's rattle it off. All right, go maybe on, we can, start, we start can go semi-quick fire and I'll just go through. So the first thing is uh, communication. Um, obviously, we had that issue recently with the, the shares disappearing and initially communication was really good and thereafter it was less good. Uh, personally, I, I think it would be useful to have just a, either a pop-up or an information box on the actual website when you log on, where it's basically just the latest info for Football Index. So if there's an issue, it'll just say it right there. If instant sells down, it'll just say it right there. And everything they can need to communicate won't be need won't be needed to be communicated through Twitter or from people asking. They just write it there and then just leave it. Yeah, I, I think the comms thing is something that people are going to talk about forever but i i think i don't know it's such a tough one because if you answer every single question on twitter for example we talked about this with uh again the supermoon man to tc is a double-edged sword isn't it It, yeah you you, you can't answer every single person that's why as i said for the main for the main issues which i think are worthwhile communicating to everyone 
they just have it on the website so yeah. people don't yeah, need yeah, to yeah. ask and you don't agreed. need to respond agreed or or um you have a consistently updating faq on 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 zendesk which which would be very useful as well for example if a question if the same question is asked like where are my shares you just have a faq question which is if you're wondering where your shares have gone this is what's happening and this is what we're doing to resolve it that sort of stuff i think again uh, yeah i think is needed for sure um the other thing i was on to was deposit bonus again I got mine really, really late. And then you get that fear, you know, did I really opt in? Was I dreaming? Was I drunk? You know, you need a, you need a, uh, you know, if they're going to do any more, you need a, a confirmation more than what you see on the screen, I think, just to give you some comfort that you can get your claim your bonus back. If it, it it's just a simple email. That's, that's yeah. what would have saved them so much trouble. A simple email yeah. that, um, that, that just said, like, you have opted in and, and yeah. that is the fact. And, and that would be that really, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, but this is the really interesting stuff. And to be honest, I've, I've, I'm sorry to everyone that's listening that we went on about stuff, which I think is relevant, but probably not that interesting for so long. But this, for me, is all the stuff that I find interesting to think about when it comes to the platform going forward and functionality. So tell me what you think. You can maybe quick fire and see, tell me yes or no. So it's probably been mentioned before, but custom price alerts. So you set you, you set your... Um, you know, you set the functionality to say when X player either hits X price or X percentage increase or decrease that you'll get a notification. Yeah. Or you could put maybe a blanket notification if you're not one that checks the news very often to say whenever any player rises by 5% in five minutes, I want a notification on that player. <laughs> those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, I'm all for making a trader's life easier i think if if you want notifications on a player like neymar going down to nine pounds if that ever happens if you're on if you haven't looked at the index for a while and then you suddenly look at it saying oh you know this is my time to go in as you said those opportunities if you're someone who trades in and out of players but then likes to go heavy on those opportunities they when they see fit it's perfect isn't it yeah, exactly. I think again, more trading, more more customers involved more regularly. Um, What's this? Next? Is the, I think I think this is this for me. I think is really important, and along with the the PB stuff, which we won't talk about too much because I've already mentioned it. But this is, I think, I think it's just really important going forward for uh, just people's enjoyment of the platform generally, and that's either uh, the IPO system, and I know this was discussed before, being changed so that there is more of an actual element of uh, either bidding or some kind of system whereby it's not just fastest finger first. Uh, because I mean, the situation now is a joke. I mean, it's not, there's, there's no element of spotting talent early when, what was it today? You've got Arsenal players like Smith Rowe and Grinduzzi coming on for ATP and 150 and cards on the table. I was on there and I made quite a bit of money just by being fast on there, which I'm not usually and, and just selling them. But I mean, there's no skill involved. There's no element of actually spotting the player and taking the risk early in order to get the reward and you know so in that respect it's kind of it's a bit kind of crude i don't know if you agree Mm, i i definitely think so i think yeah so i think either if you could have a system which you've already discussed where you bid for players but i think what would be even better and i can see why this isn't possible now but maybe in the future with more resources i'm sure a lot of players and it's not one for me now but way, way back in the day i was an absolute fiend but our football manager users or players and if you could just have a, a database where for most of the relevant leagues, you've got just the players there available and they came on basically every season. So from this season, you'd get 
you know, the under 18s who wouldn't have been on last season from Man United on. And they would genuinely be able to be uh, brought on at low prices because no one would know anything about them. And they just stay in the database. So there's probably a 15-year-old player that's in Arsenal's academy now. Again, no one knows anything about if you IPO him at 30p, is anyone really going to buy him? Probably not because he hasn't played. But over time, someone will actually be able to spot that player early and take a huge risk um, of there not being necessarily much you know, buyback for him. But if you do genuinely buy him at 40p, he then could get to £2.50, as I said, and you've actually used your skill, taken the risk, got the reward, rather than that same player as we have now, getting to 18, coming onto the you know, the index at 90p, and you know him then being £1.90 within the space of 24 hours. Mm. I like that idea. I think it's it's an interesting one for sure. I think there, there definitely has to be a change. There has to be a yeah. change in the, in the way it's happening at the moment, just because... As you mentioned, I, I know it's great having more money in the market, but we need to start differentiating into those better traders and, and the worst trader categories. Yeah, and, and it's not just and it's and it's you know for most of these things that I'm suggesting, even with the PB scoring, like it's good for us and it's good for me. You know, I, like I said, I made money and I can and can make money sometimes off IPOs. I can make money off knowing the PB scoring system, but it's not it's not a solid product as it could be, and it's not giving it's not bridging that gap as close as it can be to newer traders who've never heard of football index before yeah i I totally agree i think especially if yeah if you're a new trader you you come on and you see all this green flashes and you just don't really know what's going on i think it needs to be revamped i I know they went from the friday the the friday thing where people actually voted for players and i think in hindsight longer term that system was slightly better because it meant that the players that were actually coming up had massive demand. And although they started at 25p, people, some people got them. And although the fastest finger first thing still did happen, I don't know. I think that was, in hindsight, probably a better one. I know they had to, to bulk IPO players, but perhaps getting back into that uh, type of thing where it, the actual user, the, the, the traders have an impact on who's actually getting IPO'd is for me as important as the the, the clusterfuck that we currently see. <laughs> yeah, the only thing with that is, I mean, I think at the time people have fonder memories of it because Football Index probably had far less users. I feel like now if it happened, you'd probably get the same thing. I mean, someone who thought they could get them at 25p probably wouldn't be able to get them as regularly and it's just the same situation. Uh, I don't know. I just feel just with the amount of users now going forward, it's just... And the other thing as well is Maybe if it was only two every now and again, that wouldn't result in as much leakage from the actual market itself. But they, the reason why they're IPOing these prices highly is because they, they don't want leakage from the main market. Um, and so, again, if you start IPOing players at 25p, are you going to get more? Maybe not if it's, if it's a few every now and again. Um, but I just think it needs, something, it needs something better. It needs something, again, if you imagine going onto the, the, the desktop, literally putting in any player's name or any reasonable player's name, like you do on on football manager and again i'm not just saying that because i'm an absolute fiend i mean i was but you just have that ability to take risk and be rewarded for it and as you said differentiate yourself from being a higher skilled trader who can spot talent i think it's got to be something along those lines um for me and i wish they had done it sooner but i guess they didn't have the resource Mm, certainly interesting what what, what's next though Uh, so we'll get through these quickly so um well the main thing is 
the long term structure of of PB of performance buzz and, and match day dividend uh, and media buzz. Um, again, I know that people don't want any change now, and and there doesn't have to be. But I'm talking about ideally in the very long term, in the same way that we mentioned IPOs and the way players come to the system isn't credible at all and doesn't really help newer traders out. Again, I think you know we love if you've been on the platform a while, we love the system. We know who's going to have high scores from you know, lots of set pieces across on PB. We know that with MB, you only need to trade maybe 20 players who are maybe pretty much the only ones who can have a chance of winning. Um, and, you know, United is a positive word. So Man U players scored higher and Mo Salah has two names. And so maybe gets more articles. We know all this and it's great. And we can kind of play along with it at the moment. Uh, but it's not, again, for me, where we want this platform to be in the long term. Again, to bridge that gap, you know, even what I've mentioned, how much of that is just completely, you know, complete information overload for a new trader. But that aside, what what actually stands alone as a credible product? So for me, in the long term, I think obviously, as I've said before, you know, the PB scoring is it's just it's just it's it's for me it's so much of an issue that it's just becoming a bit ridiculous. I mean, you had again, great for me, Trent Alexander Arnold the other day scoring highly on uh, the the uh, Palace game against Virgil Van Dijk. Virgil van Dijk to anyone that watched the game and to all major rating sites was obviously scored far higher. Um, but again, what you're, what, what's going to happen is these consistencies and the way the scoring matrix works, works are going to result in much higher discrepancies between player values. And so when you said yourself before that you want player performances, ideally in the real world, to drive player prices, the gaps are going to become more and more. So I think... I've mentioned this to someone before, Douglas Costa, for example, last year was one of the best players in Serie A. And you'll have maybe a midfielder who performed half as well, but because the scoring system was worth double the price. And then if they do go down the route of growing the dividends, you know, making it a percentage of daily income, those gaps between players based on the scoring matrix are going to become so much more vast that the markets, again, to someone that comes on the platform to have to explain why this player is this price based on the fact that they have to set and fit into the specific slightly odd scoring system it's again it's just it's just not ideal really is it yeah i i agree and i also don't think that uh, it's a tough one actually i was going to say i don't think that a player that that takes penalties for example there's so much weight we saw it with sergio ramos where he went up like 70p because he might yeah. be on penalties yeah and i i guess that is reflected on fancy football right people pick players that they think are going to take penalties but does that should that penalty maybe have as much of a of a weight in terms of points maybe as, i think as a, as a normal maybe goal? i, 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 I think i think it's a debate but i think before that because because obviously a lot of people say yes it should yes it shouldn't but i think surely what can't be in any of, de- of debate is you can't have a credible system where you count yeah crosses yeah, yeah. that don't aren't successful but don't count duels uh, I think Van Dyke won 18 duels the other day or something. And I looked at, again, o- owning them and being happy. The other Liverpool defenders, you know, didn't make any. But you can't have a system that includes that, but doesn't include dribbles and duels and all these other really important stats. Um, so for me, that's I, that. I think it, it also hinders creative players, doesn't it? Who, who, who go for those bigger killer passes. Why you should get minus three for attempting a through ball that maybe is weighted slightly off. Or a player just doesn't get to it because they don't have the pace. Yeah, it, it shouldn't. We shouldn't be penalising players for this. Should no, we? and I, and and again, just to finish this off, because because I, I don't want people to, to to think I'm going on about this, even though I do think it's really important. So I do want to talk about it. Is I don't know why 
this wasn't recognized earlier. I mean, I definitely remember sending a really long email to Football Index back in November. And I think because of how long it was, I know that it got sight of from, I don't know whether it was Kieran or Adam, but one of the top guys definitely read it. And I said the same things then. And the market was maybe a sixth of the size. And if they nipped it in the bud then, you know, it could have been all, all fine now. But again, we're at a stage where in order to address that, you're probably going to have to have, again, don't kill me, but I can't imagine doing it without some sort of increase in dividends. So maybe it won't happen. But the only other thing is that um, it, it's just strange to me why they didn't use another rating system like who scored. You know, they advertise on it. it I looked at the algorithm. It uses over 1,500 uh, different inputs, 200 bits of raw data. It takes into account where the player is on the pitch when they can perform an action. You know, it's just so much more advanced and so much more credible that they could have just literally picked off the ratings from there. Uh, people could have used the stats database from there rather than creating this kind of slightly higgledy-piggledy system, which, again, as much... Very as, much a, a more opaque one. Yeah, and as much as people like, a, like a me, box. again, cards on the table, I know how to work the system, can make money off it. It's not good, A, for onboarding new customers, and it's just not good even for us as customers to have a product that's as kind of gimmicky as that, and if, if I can say that. And then the last thing, so I just, I know we've talked a lot about this stuff, but on the media bar side as well, again, it's easy to work how the system works, but wouldn't it be better in the long term if you had the same five leagues that we had performance bars from, have articles from the main media outlets like Build, Marker, L'Equipe, you know, Gazetta de la Sport across those leagues and have, again, what we, you know, one index rather than a slightly odd top 200 and squad now, which was only done based on how they grew the index from the start. You know, in reality, it should just be a living, breathing reflection of the whole football world. Have one index, media bars across uh, all five all five uh, leagues, and can be can be won by anyone. And again, right now, obviously, that couldn't happen, like with the PB scoring. But again, if there was a way to engineer engineer that in a way where bets wouldn't be materially altered, I definitely think that's got to be the direction they should go in. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I think as the product becomes more global. You've got to do it, haven't you? And I do think that this was mentioned on the podcast with Adam and Mike that they they probably will consider something like that when they do move into the the Spains, the Frances, the Italys, uh, if they're granted permission to do so. Hopefully, I mean, as I said, I'm just it would be it would be frustrating for me. And when people talk about are you concerned about the long term security and future of the platform, I'm not, but I'm conscious that I know what would be a more appealing product, even to me, but to most other people, than not. And if ultimately in two or three or four or five years time, it ended up that they didn't do these things, I'd be pretty disappointed. And I think in that sense, it may well stay a relatively niche product, which would still work. But uh, I just think it may not have the mass market international appeal that I think it could do. Mm-hmm. Certainly an, another thing for, for, for Football Index to, to chew over. But anything else? Very last thing. Very last Go thing. Go on, one more. And this may be quite rogue. Um, when the order book comes out, I don't know whether it's possible or not, but a player swap system. So, for example, you list your Mo Salah for sale, but you have an option to say, I'll list him for sale at this price, or I'll swap him for two or three or four of X other player, and three of that player will equate to the same price. So you have a sort of separate swap market, and whichever order happens first goes through. So if there's another player who wants to swap, and obviously... This wouldn't work now, but I think in a market with a significant amount of liquidity, it might. Maybe it still won't, but I could see it being more likely to work. But a player that has, you know, the ones he wants to swap 
you know, the players that he wants to swap in order for the player you have, he lists those as well. And again, whenever the orders match, they if they match on the swap side, then they come off the actual order book. And if they match on the order book, then they come off, come off the, the swap side. And again, maybe that may not be possible because it would affect the order book. But I thought that was just something interesting which I uh, thought about. Mm. Well, I think that's actually pretty cool. I think that's uh, that's really an interesting one. Uh, it's kind of thrown me off because I've never ever thought about it. Yeah, I mean, it may not actually be possible, but I just thought there are a lot of times where you have a player and, again, with the order book, it shouldn't be as much of a problem to sell him and then buy a new player. But hypothetically, if there was, you know, the player you want to sell for the players you want to buy, if there's a possibility to affect that transaction immediately instead, then, you know, maybe it's an option. I don't know. Yeah. And then the last thing only is uh, the, you know, a lot of people have, you know, private chats, group chats, um, you know, again, to keep activity on the website or on the app. I mean, maybe it'd be possible to introduce just a chat function there with, you know, you can set up your own groups. You don't have to use your real username. You can use another username, but you can basically, instead of having to go on your Twitter or on your WhatsApp, you know, while you're on the desktop or on your app, you can just, you know, open up your chat, chat to whoever you're, uh, you know, you're normally chatting to. Yeah, I think something like that is pretty cool. I think the forum's actually a lot more lively than I once thought. I, I thought it wasn't as active as I thought it was, but it, it seems to be a pretty good place for, for traders to, to voice their opinions. Yeah, I think it's it was pretty quiet in the in the early days, but I've definitely noticed, and I've I've been on there a bit recently. It's it's actually becoming a really good place to to exchange ideas. So again, for anyone that's not using it, it might be a, a place to check out. Because mm, I think I started posting the podcast and videos there, and uh, it wasn't getting as much traction as uh, at first, and then it suddenly because each post was getting like a hundred views or whatever, so that that improved quite quite drastically. So it says a lot that 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 has expanded as well. Yeah, 100%. No, it's definitely one to consider for new traders, for sure. Anything else? <laughs> no, I mean, there probably is, but I've probably gone on about some really not interesting stuff and maybe some slightly more interesting stuff. But overall, it's been a long time, so maybe we should give everyone a bit of a break now. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming on again, mate. Well, uh, hopefully when you next come on in three, six months' time, we'll be uh, sitting here. Uh, I don't know, God knows what will happen, but uh, hopefully it'll be be really good. Well, maybe players won't get points for putting crosses into the first man and going for a corner <laughs> i'm can... so i'm so so shocked that you've left on that bombshell that, <laughs> we that can you're dream. slagging off the pb scoring <laughs> metrics we can dream but thank you all for for listening uh that was a really lengthy one so if you, if you did listen to all of it thanks so much for sticking with us uh, he's a really interesting guy who has some really good uh, opinions good knowledge of the platform obviously massive massive balls uh <laughs> if you guys did enjoy that please do subscribe and tell your friends about it if they're on football index and they're not listening to the Fitcast, why the hell not and if you are looking to own your trading skills then why not head over to the youtube channel that has just got another bank build a video up 600 pounds now uh, i keep forgetting about it but i will make more videos and there'll be better videos i'm going to start using a camera again uh, and if you haven't signed up to the newsletter why not me liam footy index lm and footy index ldn have, have started a newsletter which is only two kind of newsletters old i guess and uh, it's had a good reaction over 500 people have signed up so definitely signed up to that if you want to hear my voice on another podcast if you want my voice to bore you to sleep again please do head over to the state of play podcast that's 
at State of Play Pod, where me and Matt Santangelo talk about football, world football, the top five European leagues, and we sprinkle a bit of American MLS on top as well. Thanks so much for listening, guys. If you did enjoy that, again, please do subscribe. And yeah, tell your friends, like it, share it on Twitter, whatever. And most importantly, please do enjoy your commute or bloody cleaning out your bathroom or whatever you do. Thanks, everyone.